Hello and welcome to the Sea of Startups, where we dive into the stories behind the startups in Southeast Asia. I'm your host, Kevin Brocklin, Managing Partner of Indelible Ventures. Now, if you're a founder or funder looking to learn more about what drives the startups in Southeast Asia, this podcast is for you. We're about to sit down with founders to uncover the unique insights into the origins and motivations behind launching their startups. We'll uncover the stories behind the struggles, the ups, the downs guided from the view of an entrepreneur. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's show. All right. My guest today is Dr. Darren Gok, the founder of A1. For those of you who don't know, A1 eases the digitalization of education sensors with a learning sensor management system. Thank you very much for being here, Darren. Thank you for the kind introduction, Kelvin. Excellent. So I always want to know with every entrepreneur, how did you start the entrepreneurial journey in the first place? And how did you settle on A1 as the business you wanted to build? I think that was quite a long time ago. I think 2015. And because I actually was, that time was like a doctorate student in UNC Malaya. So I'm doing a lab. I was doing lab every day and also uh, teaching some of the tuition at a part-time basis. So by chance, I actually get to know like how to create a website. And that's why that's the first step of how I actually went into the entrepreneurship, create a website linking tutors and students. And I named the website as an A1 tutor. So A1 is like a, the, the first grade or in academic. So that's why I use the word of A1. Mm-hmm. A1 tutor. Then after that, venture into like matching the swimming instructors with student, the piano teacher and student we call A1 music, A1 streamer. So that's after you only evolved to the marketplace concept in 2015. Like a place for all the students and parents looking for classes easily. So you are look for a swimming class in KL, you can go to to the A1 learning website and mm-hmm. to search for that. So that's the first how actually I evolved from a research researcher life into become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. So then, so you started off with this sort of marketplace model where you're enabling uh, potential students to to reach out and schedule lessons with piano teachers, swimmer, perhaps a variety of other sorts of instructional uh, programs. You know, what when you were getting started, I guess, is that still a core component of the business or have you pivoted since then? Uh, we are actually running a marketplace for a couple of years uh, since like until 2017. Mm-hmm. And marketplace is, is we are bootstrapping the marketplace. So in order to the bootstrapping marketplace is really uh, a bit of a challenge because you need to take care of the supply or demand of the marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And the balance of that, especially we are running so many different kind of lessons. But at the same time, we know a lot of friends in, in the education. So and we also know that a lot of a huge problem faced by them in terms of the management. So they do everything from class scheduling to student enrollment, information, tracking, attendance, everything manually on Excel sheet and op- or, or on papers. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, we pivoted into the, the, the SaaS model. 
by building uh, what we actually have now is like a management system, back-end management system, or we call a student information system for those educators or probably learning centers owners. Okay, so now an individual can actually track when students are showing up. So if they if they buy, you know, I've I've done swimming lessons for for example, you buy a package of five lessons, but I need to track now. Did they show up? Did they not? How many lessons are left? And so that's that's kind of along the lines of the pain point that you were talking about, and then extending that into some of the other management components, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Like example, I have a swimming school that have. Hundred of student, mm. everyone paying for different packages. Some actually paying for ten session, ten credits. Some of them paying for five. Some of them paying twenty. Yeah. Everyone starting their first session different. So mm-hmm. in terms of tracking, why is a lot of manual work, and you may lost track. And yeah. every credit is like a revenue for the business owner. So we yeah. actually our system actually help them to digitalize and systemize everything in proper. Okay, and what? What prompted you? Like, t- tell me a little bit about when when you're doing the marketplace model. What pr- what were the key components that prompted you to start spending the money to build this in the first place? So you were collecting feedback, is it? Because I was a freelance tutor, I need student as well. <laughs> so in order to get the student, uh, some like manual, uh, you have the, a traditional agent. They'll get about half your first month salary and their commission. I felt so painful. So that's the reason that I, I also at the same time, by chance, I learned eh, how to create a WordPress site. Mm. So, so I just create a website and with intention, you want to match them without the traditional agent. That's how I actually started the whole idea why I built the marketplace uh, initially. Yeah. Okay. And then from the marketplace to transition into doing the management system, what 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 was what was the what was the point where you realized okay enough people I'm now recognizing that this is truly a pain point? Were you talking to the customers? What what was the point where you said because I assume you had to spend a decent amount of money on developers and 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 people to build it? What was the point that said okay now I'm going to build the management system? Uh through marketplace, I, I had a lot of uh, uh, swimming school friends, music school friends. Mm-hmm. And of course, talk to them, getting their feedback and, and understand, understand their problems. And in order to get the funds for developers also, we also do pre-sale. Pre-sales like without the software, we already sell the software. Mm-hmm. So like we actually uh, get the early adopters. They're okay. paying quite, 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 quite a reasonable price for the software, mm-hmm. and by presenting the slide, how the software will be will be look like, how the SaaS will be look like, then we get the initial fund. Then we only uh hire the developers. So we have someone already paid for the service, okay. paid for the software without the software. So it's okay. really a, a a very solid validation already. Of the for the solution they want to build for yeah okay okay so you basically ended up validating it are, are people willing to pay it and are yes. they not only willing to pay it are they willing to pay me in advance before i even have it yes they pay and wait wait for six okay. months we also sign agreement if six months we didn't actually deliver this we refund to you okay. so now you actually uh kind of come, uh, come on board at a cheaper rate so yeah, yeah. 
So they by 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 waiting six months, they locked in a cheaper rate, basically. Uh, but they yes. took a little bit of risk themselves. Uh, so you must have had a pretty good relationship with these uh, these people, yeah. Um, some yes, but some not. Some are actually just a new limit up. It's the problems we want to address that they feel like wow, it's a good solution and it's a good price. And yeah, with the assurance that if you cannot deliver in six months, you refund to me at least. So I pay now for you. Okay. So that's the that's the value proposition that we are able to give to them. Okay. And so and so okay. So you you were able to get people on board. How how many pre-sales did you actually make? Twenty at the time. Okay, that's a pretty yeah. good number of people to take that gamble on you. And did you feel any risk on your end of you know I collected all this money in advance. I'm spending it on the on this program. If I can't deliver in six months, I've got to get it all back. Was was there any point where you were like, oh my, what did I agree to? Yes, of course, there are some risks. But as an entrepreneur, we also dare to take risks to achieve yes. the goals you want to do. And six months, and we, we keep nurturing the relationship with them. And mm. we have the plan and stuff. As long as you do proper risk planning on, on the risk, on everything. So, so it's good to go. Okay, so I'm assuming you would do you achieve delivery within that six month time period, yeah? Yeah, the six month is probably an MVP. Of course, there are a lot of the optimization sure. moving, moving, moving forward after sure. that and come out with a different version. Okay, forward. and did you build it in house or did you outsource it to like a dev shop? Uh, in house. Okay, okay, and so I'm assuming now you actually you had to go out and hire a team. At that, at that same point, yeah? Because now you're building something brand new, maybe a few new heads in the office. Uh, any trouble in finding the talents in order to build it? You mean technical talents? Technical talents, at, at yeah. Point, at this point of time? Yeah, yeah. When you were when you were doing that six, sort of, I got six months to build this, now I need the people to do it. <laughs> ah, so I actually knew some of the developers in the, in the, in the space I might my friends as well. So so we already have someone that actually able to build it. So so it's not like I have the money and have six month countdown, like I need yeah. to find developers <laughs> and that was even more anxious. Yeah. But yeah, I already have someone actually is like, is like ready to build it. Okay. So I just like like crowdfund. Yeah. Crowdfund and yeah, yeah, like yeah. pre-sale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not drastically dissimilar than like the name that comes to mind is like Kickstarter. Somebody goes on there and sells an idea and is like, ah, give me your money and in six months or a year, I'll give you a product. Um, yeah, product probably easier because it's very straightforward. You are selling mm, a shit in six months. Yeah. Software somehow is, is more difficult because it's something that's very new to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really a accounting software. Or like mm. quite a software is a very new concept yep. and you want to accept it and you want to pay first and wait for six months. Okay. And it's quite tricky, but yeah, it's it's a it's the experience that we have. Okay, okay. So tell me, tell me about the MVP then. What 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 were the key features that you that you went with for the MVP? What was what was what was the MVP? Uh always the features start with the fee payment tracking. Mm-hmm. That's the number one pain point by our our clients, which mm-hmm. until today. It's also number one features to keep yeah. track of the fee payment. They have just now mentioned like swimming school, mm-hmm. they have hundred students keeping track of the, the payment, the credits. 
these are number one features and we started with the number one features. Yeah. Then after they only add on other features, attendance, student progress, and and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine the, the aspect of ma- making sure you're tracking the payments and how many uh, classes are remaining is is the number one concern because I mean, if if they don't remind me, I gotta pay. I'm gonna keep on bringing my kid every week. Uh, I may you not remember, you I may not remember myself. You also uh, forgot number number of <laughs> session you left, right? Yeah. Not to mention swimming school. They're dealing with hundreds of parents. Yeah. Wow. It's like they use Excel sheet. Like sometimes after the class, they deduct Excel sheet, but sometimes yeah. I forgot. And sometimes I said I, I forgot. I did I actually deducted already? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so you're you're starting off with that key feature it remains the the key feature, which is so which is certainly understandable. But as as you start as you start going out and you start getting the the usage out there, you delivered it to those twenty prepaid. You start looking for more. What what what's what's the process on the the evolution of 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 the platform? What what came next? You mean the, the platform, the yeah. software that we're actually providing? Exactly. So we actually started the one features. And after that, we ventured into a bit more features and like a mini uh, ERP system for, for learning centers. Because when you roll out, they also have a request like, can I have attendance because linked to student? Uh, I want to have the update on student progress and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's more to venture into the different uh, features add-on features on mm-hmm. top of the number one features we have. And we also uh, reached out to this problem has been faced by not only like swimming school and also like childcare, kindergarten, music academy, and many more. So mm-hmm. every industry, they, they actually, they face a similar problem, but the workflow somehow is a bit different from one to another. Mm-hmm. So like the, 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 the phase after we launch the product is more to optimization and also making sure the product is flexible enough to cater all the needs of different industry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And is is there a wide variety of the needs from industry to industry? Like when you when you look at what your customers are needing, is there a large difference between a swim school versus a music teacher versus a typical sort of daycare slash learning center what is is or is it pretty uniform on the core features the needs is the same but the workflow is different okay so usually in tuition industry they actually charge every month Mm -hmm. they are not running like a swimming school like credits so daycare tuition center they actually charge running like a group basis and it's actually uh, every month collection or probably mm-hmm. every few months we call it as a term or semester. Mm-hmm. But swimming school usually by session. So mm-hmm. it's not by month, not by term. For music school, some of them they buy by by credit, some of them actually by month. But music school a lot of one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So probably there are 200 students, 200 one-to-one classes. Mm-hmm. So the user experience and, 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 and the usage of the software is slightly different of those actually have a lot of group classes. Mm-hmm. So those actually, the needs is still, still the same. They actually need assistance to digitalize their fee payment. Mm-hmm. But their workflow, a bit different from one to another. So it links to the, the how the software being designed in the user experience-wise, uh, a bit different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so then t- tell me about how you approach the process. Now, now you've got these 20 customers, you're starting to evolve the product, et cetera. 
what's the what's the go-to-market strategy beyond that? Because it's a bit different than trying to build the marketplace to sell them, uh, sell a sell them basically the management systems. So what were the steps that you took in order to start expanding your customer footprint? We use a lot of inbound digital marketing strategy like Facebook, Google, and this type of the software is quite new concept. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, it works in the ways like by visual uh, picture and it explains on, 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 on the value proposition to the prospect and why is that for? They'll inquire from that. Mm-hmm. And we also do a lot of the traditional way because our prospect like is like they are everywhere and mm-hmm. displaying their phone number because they are always looking for students. You can yeah. see all the learning centers, swimming school, they display their phone number everywhere to look for students. And that's how we actually reach out for them also. So mm-hmm. that's an internal, uh, well, internal team, how we actually uh, reach out to our prospect or probably set out the appointment. We also work with some of the software providers like accounting system. So we are not mm-hmm. catered for accounting system, okay. but we can link to accounting system. So accounting system, there are a lot of accounting system providers or distributors that mm-hmm. potentially they also have educators that need our solution. Okay. So leveraging each other network and stuff is also one of the, our go-to-market strategy and many more. Okay. Out of, out of those, which which one is you know often oftentimes one of one channel has a tendency of providing the larger majority of of the customer uh, pipeline. Which which one of those would you say is probably the dominant channel for you in acquiring new customers? Definitely inbound. Our inbound uh, initiative okay. on Facebook to lead gen and yeah. probably Google Ads as well. That's okay. the number one and the most. Uh, the quality is much higher because okay. inbound they actually saw hey I really have this problem of managing the fee payment of a student mm-hmm. and on different angles so they inquire and we do a demo and they sign up yeah and so the 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 process how, how is the process from that inbound so they 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 can they come directly into the website they click on the ad they land on the website they look around, they sign up for a trial or a demo there, or do they actually pick up the phone, call you? What's the what's the typical journey in order to get to that purchase? Both both also happening at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them actually, they, they went to our website and knowing what we are doing and they actually inquire for a free, free demo se- session. So we actually run through the demo with them. About 30 minutes, we are doing on Zoom or Meetup face-to-face. Mm-hmm to show how the how the system works and how this system can help them. Mm-hmm. And the sales cycle, some of them, they actually pay on the spot or probably the few days or few weeks, uh, they'll, 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 they'll decide and, and, and onboard on the system. Okay. Mm. Okay. And then the, the typical process is, is, is what, what's, what's the, it's, it's a subscription basis, I assume. Yeah. So are yes. they signing up month by month? Or is it annual, annual contract or what's the, what's the typical there? Uh, one year or two years. Okay. Two years, we give a bit more discount. This sure. is how we actually our, our, our way also to bootstrap. Yeah. Uh, before we raise funding, we bootstrap and get a lot of cash flow in. Mm-hmm. So to further enhance the product. Okay. Okay. And I I imagine when you're talking about some of these these places because they're managing in Excel or maybe yeah on the worst end it's a piece of paper or like a notepad or something maybe. Um when you when you're trying to get them onboarded onto the systems 
What's the onboarding process like? And have you experienced any particular challenges as you've gone after acquiring more customers? Usually the onboarding, uh, our process, our client already have certain data on Excel sheet at least. Mm. So the most challenging one is the one of the clients that we have on papers and the owner actually not really using Excel sheet at all. So okay. in order for them to key in all the data into the Excel sheet or import to the system, it takes really quite a long time and quite laborious during the onboarding system, mm. onboarding stage. But if they are on an Excel sheet and just make it proper column according to the template and they actually can import to the system and the onboarding and we teach them how to use and it takes about a few weeks and a month learning and they can mm-hmm. keep start to use and launch in their operation already. Okay. And do you have team members that are specific towards this onboarding process to help guide and train? Or yes. what, what do you do in order to help facilitate that? It, this, during this hand-holding period, we call onboarding or hand-holding period, mm-hmm. really, because we actually transitioning uh, uh, in uh, they have been working manually for many years, some of them 10 yeah. years, 20 years already. Yeah. They like to change, but people like, like behavior-wise, actually sometimes like there's a barrier for them to overcome if yep. for changes. So that's where we have a dedicated team to really step-by-step. We actually as, as an onboarding stage to make them on board and feel comfortable for that huge changes and okay. using the system, yeah. Okay. And do you have any other sorts of aside for aside from the the human assistance where you can and where you can end up contacting somebody? Do you have any other sort of systems in place like emails that that based upon like trigger events, uh, prompts in order to get the most out of the features? Do you how do you how do you utilize the the technology itself in order to drive some of the um onboarding process too for us for us um we are actually because we are not you mean the onboarding what are the technology we use during onboarding yeah yeah like some people say hey i'm just going to do instructional videos that once you once you come to a new component of it for the first time here's boom here's a here's a video tutorial some people say, uh, if we notice you don't use a feature, we're going to send you an email, an automated email that's that kind of fills you in on on what it is. Um, yeah, we did have those actually tutorial videos, uh, and like a tutorial series of tutorial videos. So we sort of track their activity as well. Mm-hmm. Somehow they actually start in certain phase. We actually prompt prompt them like, hey, uh, do you need more help and stuff? Yeah, yeah. We do track that and the onboarding usually take about a, a month or two. Mm-hmm. The most is about two months. And after that, they are good, but still ongoing. You also track the activity. Somehow they, 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 because we have a lot of features, some of them, they actually, and we release a lot of new features from time to time. So they may have like overlooked some of the good benefit of the features for them. Also. Sure. Okay. Okay. And because the 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 payments and all of that remain a key portion, are they able to are 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 people able to pay via the system? Yes, uh, parents, student, they have a mobile application and it's already linked to the payment gateway mm-hmm. for fee collection. This is also one of the 
uh very very useful for them for the for the school owners because they don't need to issue receipt manually you are yeah, yeah. hundred student every month you need to pay hundred student paying fees mm-hmm. and you don't need to track one by one in bank statement yeah so using that payment gateway will digitalize and automate all the receipt automatically okay okay yeah. and if you're facilitating it do you do you uh do you take any is that part of your revenue streams as well is being able to kind of sit on top of that payment gateway yes we we did a little bit of margin uh for every fee paid in the app it's kind of revenue share with the payment gateway la, okay. because uh in return payment gateway also like us because we acquire more user for them sure uh, yeah Okay. Okay. And so the 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 parents or the students they they have they have a mobile app. What to what extent are they able to track? They can they can see how many classes they have left and and make bookings as well. So there's is there two sides to that? Yeah. The so parents they actually can see, see the schedule. They can see the progress, student progress, like what their child's doing today, uh, attendance history, payment history, receipt invoice. So as a parent, you don't really need to ask school, like, hey, uh, when is my last payment? Can I get the result which month? Yeah. You can get everything in the app. So it's a utility app about, okay. yeah. Yeah, so the burden on the administration uh, side of it is is much more automated because of the systems that you're, that you're providing. Correct, and the parent can do a bit more self-service to find out all the information they need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So where are you currently in Malaysia or or have you expanded internationally as well? Uh, Yes, we do. We actually have a team, local team in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually serving clients there as well. We have about 140, 140 learning center branches in Indonesia using our solution. We localize why we have a local team in Indonesia because we localize the onboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, like local local people speak in local languages yeah. and we also link to lo- local payment gateway and with the local languages in the system as well okay. so in Indonesia and we also have clients from other countries Singapore Philippines even Vietnam Thailand okay. those emerging countries yes and did you set up teams in those other countries as well no we sell remotely from here sell remotely from yeah, here only in Indonesia we actually have a local team and is that because of the size of the market or was it just the first time that you expanded and you said, hey, let's, let's get a team? What, what's, what's, what's the reasoning there? So probably the first reason like it's a big market and our market research find out it's a big opportunity. So we start small in terms of we getting one salesperson to acquire and one support to, to do the onboarding. Okay. And when the team getting bigger, like eight, uh, some of them actually is like software developers. Actually, software developers doesn't doesn't matter where you're from. Actually, they work remotely. All right, to build the system. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you have to set up a local entity? Did you have to get uh local registration of an of another like a subsidiary in Indonesia or any of these other markets? Singapore, we we do. Uh, we do have a subsidiary in Singapore. Okay. Because the requirement of setting up the linking with the payment gateway, we need to have a local entity. Mm. But Indonesia, we don't need, and we hire through uh, the the company like employer on record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they okay. they cater the 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 requirement, the labor law, everything, and we just pay to the company. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that that makes life honestly a lot easier um, yes. than, ha- than having to do. Yeah, the 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 minimum paid in capital requirements is the bit is the big hurdle. It's quite high, and so yes. setting up and being able to comply, it's it's good business for the employer of record. It gives them job security, right? <laughs> yeah, employer on record, and also it's also a headhunter company. So mm. whenever we get need the some of the uh manpower resources they actually help us to, to get this okay okay so um so indonesia was the first expansion market what what was kind of the what was the driver that made you say okay we've done well enough here in malaysia let's 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 open it up a little bit our first client overseas actually in singapore actually okay okay uh, like our first team overseas in indonesia because singapore actually we sell remotely yeah and in terms of culture in terms of everything behavior is almost the same as in malaysia mm. so we don't really sell a team in singapore and it's sure. not really needed yeah. uh while we set out in indonesia the first promise is that actually our solution is really uh, applicable for any learning centers regardless of which country yeah. uh, they are from uh, just do some of the localization of features and languages uh, just the, they will be different from industry to industry but within the same industry and music industry it's the same the whole Southeast Asia where they, how they actually do the scheduling everything mm-hmm. one-to-one classes almost the same so that's mm-hmm. why uh, that promised do a bit of research on this kind of solution uh, the competition and 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 the opportunity in overseas. Of course, this also we actually join some of the program from 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 uh, uh from some of the government agencies. So to okay. link to the Indonesian market, that's okay. one of the reason also we choose Indonesia market. Is available of some of those programs to help you do the market entry. Yeah, yeah, like go to market strategy, understand about the local culture. Uh, mm. in very general face but it's good enough for us to know like like some of the local how they how they actually say no in mm. what language in what in what words so this is a small thing that we need to know if we are the venture yeah. in it's I'll generally say. not with the word no yes <laughs> probably a <laughs> word of yes <laughs> but it's, it's a it's a it's a meaning of no yeah <laughs> The little nuances of being in a new market. <laughs> correct, correct. And so, what if if you if you looked at the what you're doing right now, what what percent does Malaysia make up of the overall business that you're currently doing? Eighty percent. Eighty percent still. So yeah, it's, it's still the dominant portion. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because we have started here for long, uh, yeah. as well as that's something that we we really have local team to to push for that. Okay. Yeah. And so you... Indonesia, we just started last year, actually. Ah, okay. So it's only got one, basically one year of, of operation. Yeah, Yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, coming out of the lockdowns and all of that and, and during mm-hmm. the opening up period. Yeah. Yeah. And in Indonesia, we need to do a lot of education as well. So this kind of solution. So for, for instance, like Singapore is already so much as that uh, matured because every learning center, before they want to open, they will look for system. Yeah. So in Malaysia, is 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 different in the way that, uh, when they get a lot of students, they're really too busy mm. and they only look for system. Yeah. And in Indonesia, they will ask why is this. So mm. it's like a lot of education. Uh, okay. Is there opportunity? But at the first, we also need to do a lot of education. Why is that for? Why is this for? And educate them. The okay. Adoption. Yeah. 
Do you do you find that there's more price sensitivity in Indonesia, uh, being uh, lower per capita income, is or is it or is it uh, pretty much the same? Our price is about twenty percent lower than our twenty percent lower than yes. here. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and what about with the other markets? Uh, the the little bit that you have coming out of Philippines, Vietnam. All the same price in Malaysia. All the same price. Okay. Yes. And it's really quite acceptable. Yeah. And do you see this as kind of like a like by default global? Do you do you think that like considering where you're at right now, that if you if you tried to push the marketing channels into you know the broader global perspective, that you would need to do much uh customization, or is it something that could be readily able to? It's just more a matter of time and planning uh i would say probably is probably um, it's about this and don't really need a lot of customization mm. uh the needs is there certain customization like localization i would say is is needed we definitely can push to 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 even even further countries why we'll focus on southeast asia a bit more because it's an emerging country uh, a lot of emerging country or cities yeah. that that means a lot of opportunity Mm-hmm. And the time zone is about the same in order for us to support yeah. because now uh, we have not really have the resources to support 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so if it's, we have a client in US, like the support time is a bit different in terms yeah. of they ask a question then and probably we need to reply the next day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the US takes up four time zones. So it becomes much more complicated uh, depending upon which one it is. Yeah. So that's why we are still targeting Southeast Asia emerging emerging okay. countries. Yeah, a lot of opportunity and we almost support at the same time. Just the okay. languages okay. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> is is the is the general profile uh a, you know, so I'm I'm gonna make an assumption and say Singapore, the planning ahead and getting a system before you launch is probably different than what you find in Indonesia, Malaysia, the rest of Southeast Asia, let's call it. Correct. Do you find do you find that it's really from no system to some system when they get too busy and how do you kind of make sure that you are the top of mind for them to find when it does come to that point? In Malaysia, we are already number one in terms of really they are looking for a system, our brand is there because we are the first can be said the first really do very aggressive marketing. Mm on what we are doing. Uh, in Singapore, it's very crowded market. So okay. a lot of this kind of solution already in the in the in the in the phase. So mm-hmm. that's why we actually our direction always focus on emerging markets. Okay. But there are a lot more opportunity. Whilst we are still have client uh, in Singapore, some of the big brand mm-hmm. actually using our or converting. So usually they are not convert from manual to us. They actually convert from other system to us. Mm. Okay. Okay, and on the on the on the competition side in in Singapore, do those same players not not compete with you in Indonesia or Malaysia? They are probably they are actually lo- the local local uh competitors mm. that yeah the way how they run is different mm-hmm. because we actually like we actually our direction probably like uh we actually receive under for now. Mm-hmm. And that's how actually our direction is probably to acquire faster as possible. And okay. the strategy for them is a bit different. So that's still 
in also it's a good currency in local in Singapore as well. Probably there's something that stopped them from looking further in in other countries. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's let's take a look ahead into the future. Yeah. So you've 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 grown the product. You 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 kind of switched from the marketplace to focusing on on the on the management system. You've grown the product over time. You've expanded internationally. What comes next? What's 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 the what's the what's the bigger vision for the the kind of the medium term a few years out from today? Yeah, still a lot of work to do by doing the same <laughs> thing, but just we need to be like we are number one, but we haven't like considered a dominant. So there's mm. a lot of work for us to do be a dominant in the market and replicate the 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 solution, the solid product in other cities, localize and keep to acquire as many users to our ecosystem. Mm. And once we have an ecosystem for educators, we have even a lot more plans for them. Example, uh, recently we also discussed internally like what is the other problems face our users. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like example, like for searching for teachers really is a pain point for our users as well. So so looking for students is not really because students, they have a lot of students, but there's no teachers. So a lot of opportunity even once we build out the ecosystem and that's where we actually, this is our, our, our direction in the long term. So we don't want just like a being a SaaS, it's more than a SaaS, from the SaaS turn into the educa- uh, education ecosystem. So it's a super tool for them that they use you daily basis. Yeah. Mm. Okay, okay. And- when you when you look at that, do you, is is do you have like a north star metric that you use as like the guiding of are you achieving your long term goals? Do you do you set something along those sort of lines, or are you more of like an OKR, or what what do you use in order to track your progress towards those goals? Uh, OKR, yes, those actually we actually tracking. Uh, we have a long term plan that also do reverse engineering on how we're going to okay. achieve and stuff in the next five years and stuff. Yeah. So we have your, our internal tracking depends on the direction. Different team also have their own tracking, but the mm-hmm. in general towards the same goal that which I shared previously is probably the, the super tool for educators to use mm-hmm. in the same direction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Very, very, very interesting. And, Okay, so then moving move, moving from that, like if you is are there any sort of like product features or otherwise that you that you have anticipating that that we might be able to expect coming out from you? Yes, there are a lot a lot more product plan, and we also uh have uh inquiries from schools. So okay. school 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 module is a bit different from learning centers. How they actually operate? Yeah, yeah, different, larger, so, much more complex. Uh, yes, different department, different. Mm. So like, and also we actually see, have been seeing also a lot of the emerging markets. Private school, they're also still using Excel sheet. They are using, really? they are using LMS they are for the lesson plan management. Mm. But the fee payment tracking, they are still using Excel sheet in the private oh, wow. school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that is a, also an opportunity for us. Always come from the angle on the fee payment tracking. Yeah. Okay. And so that, that's really kind of the wedge, the hero product that, that gets your foot in the door. And then you can, then you can kind of la- use that in order to leverage, uh, uh, more usage. Yeah. 
yes, I think manage the school finance, learning center finance is really a good angle for us to get them engaged and use other products. Okay. No, that's that's very interesting. Very interesting. Very cool. Let, let me let me wrap up here with my closing questions, the questions that I ask everyone. And so the first one is what is a tech tool that you just cannot live without? The tech tool on, on my daily basis. On your daily basis, yes. I think we are in, in our company we use clicks up. Is a is even our personal my personal tracking. Okay. Uh, in terms of even with like for instance as founder we do fundraising we do sales. Yeah. We're also tracking our processes. This already in which stage, our product here, our customer support, everything we actually use this the tool that we we can't live without. And sorry, basis. what's what's the name of it? Picks up. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Keeping track of everything that you have going on, you're juggling a lot of things as a founder. So being able to keep some... Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Last question here. If you were to talk to another founder that's just getting started out, what would be the biggest piece of advice you could offer? As a founder or entrepreneur, I think you need to be resourceful, resourceful uh, and also network. So, so probably you are not the natural networker, but as a, as a position of entrepreneur or founder that, that we need to get resources, resources also consider as your network and your knowledge and, and, and like your, the link to, to, to probably the, the information about the, like what the government grant and stuff. So being a resourceful is very important. And I think it's, it's as a, as a founder, actually an entrepreneur. Do network, do know as many people as possible. And this also, we also get a lot of advice, being resourceful. You need those things. I think that's great advice. I think uh, being resourceful is an absolute necessity. Um, building a startup is hard. You have to be resourceful. Darren, yes. thank you very much. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you. All right, that wraps it up for another fantastic episode of The Sea of Startups. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. It's the best way for us to get discovered and to have these startup stories reach a broader audience. If you have any suggestions or would like to get in touch, you can email me at kevin at indelible.vc. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Rockland from Indelible Ventures, and this is the Sea of Startups.